Good morning, Minecrafters, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 16, Don't Bite the Hook. So, Minecrafters, uh, what we're going to kind of uh, chat about today is, is, you know, reacting versus responding, which, you know, we have touched on before in previous episodes, but not like today. So, please bear with me, and, and wow, is this timely, and it also brings in another cultural idea, which I'm a big fan of. I just, I love when we incorporate ideas from different countries, different religions, different, different everybody. Right. And I don't know if this has ever been so timely. Certainly it's been, it's been, it's been timely through history. And right now we'll just say it's also timely. And maybe that's the best way to say it. As you know, we're talking about this urge to react, you know, and in our everyday lives, when we just Somebody says something to us, does something to us, talks about us, says it's something politically. I know in the U.S. we have a whole lot going on right now. And it's kind of like, you know, learning to hit the pause button. And what we're going to talk today, talk about today is something called Shenpa. And uh, I'm going to actually talk to you about um, a book written by Pima Chandran, which is Practicing Peace in Times of War. And I'll tell you, my best friend gave this book to me for my birthday recently in December. And it's this little book. And I thought, wow. And she's extremely wise and genuine. And um, I, I just thought this must be a good read or she would not have sent it in my direction. And I'll tell you, this is something I think all of us can relate to. I can for sure. I'm, I'm kind of aware of my um, wiring anyway, because, you know, uh, managing impulse control has always been something I've had to stay on top of. And that's, you know, because my ADHD issues, though, all of us, I think all of us um, have had moments where we just, you know, kind of like knee jerk reactions. So, so here goes, this is how, this is how Pima starts it out. She says in Tibetan, there's a word that points to the root cause of aggression, the root cause also of craving. It points to a familiar experience that is at the root of all conflict, all cruelty oppression, and greed. The word is shenpa. The usual translation is attachment, but this doesn't adequately express, adequately express the full meaning. I think of shenpa as, quote-unquote, getting hooked. Another definition used by Zigar Kongchul Rinpoche is the charge the charge behind our thoughts and words and actions, the charge behind like and don't like. Okay. So think about this, you know, somebody might, you know, criticize us even on the smallest of levels. It could be with a look. In fact, it could be with a misinterpreted look, right? I think most of us have had that experience, especially if we're um, not feeling like our best self that day, our filter might be off. So somebody, someone might give us a glance that day that we interpret as, oh, they don't, they don't like how I look. They don't like what I'm wearing. They don't like, you know, who knows what they don't like. Whereas another day where we're feeling a little more confident, that glance might be the opposite, right? Oh, they must like how I look or they must like this or must like that. But and it's when we're in that, you know, um, you know, lower p- place that we often interpret things maybe in, in, not the best way. And we make assumptions. Then, you know, there's someone who may overtly criticize it where we're not guessing. They say, they might say, I don't like this. 
I don't like how you look. I didn't, I don't like how you handled that. I don't like what you said, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or they might make a, you know, criticism against someone we, we love and care about, you know, our child or our partner. And, you know, in that moment, think about how we feel. Think about that, that immediate feeling and just try to reflect on that for a moment. The next time this happens to, and I'll tell you, even though I'm kind of aware of my uh, pre- predisposition to maybe react without hitting the pause button, I've thankfully at 56 gotten way better at it. And still, when I read this, it gave me this new awareness of, wow, the, the next time this happens where I just want to, I can't wait to say something or I'm going to just, I really want to sit with that, that's that millisecond or, you know, few milliseconds of what that actually feels like. And I, I want to ask that you do the same, really, really feel that. And Pima says that in moments like this, you know, ask yourself how it feels. And she says, this feeling has a familiar taste and a familiar smell. Once you begin to notice it, you feel like this experience, this experience has been around forever. That sticky feeling is Shenpa. This is also where I think it's just so, not just enriching, but also just plain fun to bring in other cultures. And, you know, uh, because I can't think of, you know, this exact translation in, in any other language, you know, or that I know. We can come up with something similar, you know, but that's why I think it's so fun. And I love languages too, I have to tell you, because sometimes there's a particular word or phrase or idea that just isn't directly translatable. You know, in Russian or German or Swahili or French or or Spanish or whatever, and I think this whole idea of shenpa is just very, very cool. And I just began reading more, and I just was swallowed up whole by this idea. And I, I really like um, Pima's word choice of sticky because that's what I think of too. I think of, of course, Vermont maple syrup or something. You just once you, it's delicious, but once you get on your hands. It just seems like it's, it just travels, like it's just sticky, and it, you can't get it off, can't get away from it kind of thing, or even stickier, like super glue. And so she continues that, okay, that sticky feeling is shenpa, she says, and it comes along with a very seductive urge to do something. Somebody says a harsh word, and immediately you can feel a shift. There's a tightening that rapidly spirals into mentally blaming this person or wanting revenge or blaming yourself. Then you speak or act. The charge behind the tightening, behind the urge, behind the storyline or action is Shenpa. You know, another good word choice here, um, this is just very well written, is seductive. You know, often we think of, you know, they're having like a sexual connotation. We think that's used a lot in the movies, out in the media. And I, that isn't for me, that isn't what's going on here. I also think of another way it's used a lot, which maybe can be going on here too. I'm thinking how we can be seduced. We can be seduced away from um, being our best self and making our best choices and I'm thinking actually of Star Wars, too, where, uh, you know, Anakin Skywalker is seduced over to the dark side. You know, and I think of seduced as, um, you know, being pulled away from, you know, 
what we otherwise might do, think, feel, or do, a real being pulled away with what Pima also says, the charge, the charge behind this tightening. So we're, it's a real pull. It's a real strong, strong pull. You know, I'm sure most of us as individuals have had this experience when we've been in a very passionate argument with someone, you know, coworker, friend, partner, whomever, you know, about a, a topic that we were, you know, just very, very um, passionate about and got excited. And I know I've had the experience of before long, especially if there's more than one person, you're in a, a group of people and all of a sudden you kind of lose sight of, you know, where the whole thing stemmed from. It can often you know, take on a life of its own. And uh, Pima describes this. As she, uh, she says you can actually feel Shenpa happening. It's a sensation that you can easily recognize. Even a spot on your, new, on your new sweater can take you there. Someone looks at us in a certain way, or we hear a certain song, or walk into a certain room, and boom, we're hooked. It's a quality of experience that's not easy to describe, but that everyone knows well. Wow, is that spot on and just so well said. Okay, and so here's the thing. So as individuals, I know for sure um, I'm on, I'm on a, a Shenpa watch from here on in. Again, I, I've been aware of this, you know, 56 and working on it. Now that it actually has this name, this cool name, it's, it's actually gotten easier for me to, to think about. I'm on Shenpa alert because, again, awareness is key, right? We can't do what we don't know. And when we once we do know, um, we can do better. I think we should kind of, you know, raise the bar and expect ourselves to do better, right? You know, and when I think of something like what just happened with, you know, the siege on Capitol Hill in the States or... Um, and which we have had a lot of in this country, and so does everybody. Pick a country, pick any, and you know, the, the, a time when that country had, you know, a moment when it, things snowballed and people were reacting all over the place, not hitting the pause button, filled with passion, filled with shenpa, and the urge to, you know, and, and to be and being seduced into, you know, whatever um, reaction is going on at that time. And we just stop and think about how this, you know, um, how it's an individual thing, this sticky feeling that we want to have that urge to react, and then how that snowballs and expands when there are lots of us experiencing this. And I just think, you know, metaphorically, this is so amazing. You know, Pima Chodron's book is entitled Practicing Peace in Times of War. You know, we've got the thing that, you know, happened in Capitol Hill, or again, pick a different, you know, event in a different country, it's fine. And also how this is on the inside, you know, because practicing peace in times of war, that can also be fitting for, you know, the war we have with ourselves. So many of us, you know, are, especially in midlife, I can say that, you know, working through our own kind of civil war where we've got, you know, demons or monsters from the past that we're, you know, kind of trying to work through with internal strife going on on the inside and how this, the Shenpa idea is so fitting for the internal conflict, which again, like when we see when people band together with this urge, becomes a very overt external conflict. You know, and without um, you know getting getting too political, because I uh, reserve those conversations for my husband, now our young adult children, which is 
wonderfully enjoyable and our closest friends strictly from a psychological perspective, okay, psychological perspective, you know, with the, with the siege on Capitol Hill, we can see how this fits very much with this sticky urge to react and how in the very beginning of this episode we talked about here, I can go back for a second. Um, when she talks about Shenpa coming from the, uh, is Tibetan and a word that points to the root cause of aggression, the root cause of aggression and also the root cause of craving, which of course is this can be overwhelming, seductive, not just a feeling, it's, it's a need, right? We think of craving in the sense of a chemical substance or whatever, and it's kind of like trying to hold in a sneeze. You can't not do it. And I think that the craving part combined with the aggression part uh, with, say, something like happened on Capitol Hill, this makes um, very good sense. So again, you know, the, the action for our sake of our conversation, psychologically speaking, when I was watching this footage, you know, I'm trying to, um, it wasn't easy to separate the emotion, of course. So, though psychologically, I was intrigued by at what point did any of these um, protesters I, or terrorists, I don't know, fill in the blank with that. Um, at what point did this group of people think this was a good idea? You know, even personally speaking, that someone wouldn't get hurt, that they themselves wouldn't get hurt or that um, they wouldn't end up in prison. And I, and this is kind of what we're talking about on a bigger level, right? So we talk about the individuals maybe being in a regular conversation, hurting someone's feelings or getting hurt yourself or even potentially ruining a relationship. And then we amplify that when we have the Shenpa of, you know, thousands of people together. Again, you can airlift that to some other event in some other country because it isn't different, okay? All, those, all that Shenpa in one place, that sticky, you know, knee-jerky, seductive feeling that just pulls us in and away from um, our best selves and making our best choices, when that happens on such a big level, um, just think of how overwhelming that is. And on the positive note, how if we become more aware of it, how we can, if we become more aware of it on the individual level, how um, some of these things, you know, may less at the very least lessen. I like to say prevented and like be super positive and optimistic, at least be reduced. You know, so the point is, even on an individual level, when we get um, seduced by our shenpa, that we very easily can sort of lose the ability to see around the corner, to see the consequences from our words or our actions, even just in a conversation, and then we bring it to again a bigger level. Well, there's lots of people, lots of Shenpa, and how this inability to see around the corner from the group's you know, actions or activities can be you know, often tragic and, and catastrophic, causing lots of you know, damage and pain to lots of people. You know, though obviously uh, with such a, you know, a big um, you know, event or riot or whatever you want to say, just like, again, the many others across the world throughout history have been, they're obviously more complicated. There's more involved. Although I, I think we can say with confidence that without question, this idea of Shenpa, the root cause of aggression and this urge to react, this urge to react rather than respond, 
respondents, of course, are slowed down, um, you know, more well thought out, gather the facts conversation, right? This is reacting. I think without a doubt, we can say that this sticky, you know, um, urge to react to what we perceive to be, what we perceive to be a violation um, is is definitely involved here. You know, and psychologically, there could be so much to talk about here, even with even with just some of the famous um, experiments with conformity, like the fa- the famous Milgram experiment, also the Stanford Prison experiment with Phil Zimbardo. He's done a ton of work, actually. If any of you are interested, he's done a lot with the psychology of evil. Um, he's just he's just um, very amazing. And if, if we look pa- back through history. You know, we could have a, a, even a bigger conversation. We could also bring in um, the fundamental attribution error, right? And when, when, which of course is when we try to, when we want to, desire to, sort of assign a cause to someone's behavior. How we, typically it's either dispositional, meaning you know, personality trait, character trait, or situational. It's interesting that when we want to explain the behavior of others we often go straight for the character and they did this because they are this, they are that, they are this. And when we want to explain our own behavior, we often go with what's going on externally in our environment. Well, it's because that happens because this happened. Somebody said this, did that, whatever. Also very interesting. So we could go a million different ways. Um, However, really what the main focus here is for us as individuals to become a little bit more aware of that, of that sneeze as it's building kind of, you know, like we're trying to hold back that sneeze, become aware of the sneeze when it's starting to build before it gets to the place where we can't hold it in. And then uh, Pima continues to explain to us. She says, now, if you catch Shenpa early enough, it's very workable. Thank goodness. Right. You can acknowledge that it's happening and abide with the experience of being triggered, the experience of the urge, the experience of wanting to move. It's like experiencing the yearning to scratch an itch, and generally we find it irresistible. Nevertheless, we can practice patience with that fidgety feeling and hold our seat. And of course, as, as my frequent listeners are aware, my Minecrafters, you know how much I love the concept of practicing something and the skill of learning to practice something because we know what we practice, we will eventually get good at it. We know that and we'll see, you know, we'll get the kudos along the way because we can see the improvement. Anything, whether it's playing the violin or learning a language or skiing or whatever it is, we will get good at it. And also, sadly, that works in the reverse direction. We can practice aggression and practice rage and practice intolerance and practice, you know, just non-acceptance and get really good at, at, you know, you know, sort of closed minded, intolerant thinking. It works in both directions. And so this practicing patience really um, set with me. And it's amazing how the universe sends you what you need to hear when you need to hear it. It's all about being receptive, of course. We can ignore it, though I am very receptive. And when uh, my friend sent this to me, I thought, wow. And I also thought my husband's going to get a big old chuckle out of this one because with my wiring, though I've, I have I certainly was given this wonderfully large gift bag um, of, of things that are positive. And though um, 
patience is just not one the good Lord threw in there. I'll tell you that right now. So I've constantly have to work at that because I'm not naturally patient and I have no trouble admitting that I have to work at it every day and breathe and, and be mindful. And, and this is what came to my mind when I read this, because she says, nevertheless, we can practice patience with that fidgety feeling and hold our seat. And she also says fidgety feelings with my particular wiring. I am just so aware of that just nudgy, just fidgety on the inside. And of course, as an adult person, a seasoned adult person, I've had to learn to be comfortable with that. I've learned to have, I've learned to, have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable because that's how I'm wired and it's not going away. So I have to learn how to just have this dialogue in my head. Okay, you know, I know that you're excited. I know you want to say something. You want to jump into the conversation. Breathe deeply, breathe deeply on the inside. Wait till there's a, a natural pause in the conversation. And that is when you enter in and say what you read in the article yesterday or whatever. You know, and of course, like all of us, uh, or many of us, uh, you know, I'll fall off the horse and maybe not be successful at that sometimes. And then I'll have this aha moment of, okay, you interrupted or whatever. So, you know, just awareness, bring myself back into that place of awareness and non-judgment um, to just regroup and, you know, get back on the horse and be, you know, be mindful, which is what we're talking about throughout the rest of that conversation or if that conversation is done with the next conversation. And this mindful awareness is really what we're talking about with Shenpa. And that just kind of roped me in because mindfulness just does so much for us. In the particular context of this topic, really what we want to zoom in on as far as what uh, the part of mindfulness that works best here is that that part of mindfulness is about that's about the non-judgment piece. That is the most important part with what we're talking about. So rather than other types of meditation or just daily living, right? Walking around having that internal dialogue, rather than saying, you know, we have that anxious thought and we say, oh, there goes my anxiety again. Or I have, we have an angry thought, oh, there goes my anger again. Or, you know, or with the aggressive thing we we're talking about, rather than rather than kind of escalating it by judgment. When we say, we just breathe deeply, breathe deeply and say, oh, you know, there goes an anxious thought. It must be I'm anxious today. When we actually get good at practicing that, practicing that, we get good at not judging ourselves. That's where the, 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 uh, the trickle down or trickle over effect happens where we, we kind of inherently, naturally, gradually become less judgment of other people. It just kind of happens. We don't have to think about it because we're becoming, you know, more accepting of ourselves. We, we become more accepting of people. It's just a natural process. And it's gradual, right? It doesn't mean we're not going to fall off the horse. We just get back on. Um, but this is really what we're talking about here. So Pima continues. She says, in these moments, we can contact the underlying insecurity of the human experience. Wow, right there. The insecurity of the, of the human experience, the insecurity that is inherent in a changing, shifting world. I think we should stay right there for a minute because if we think of, again, the Capitol Hill siege um, and that gorgeous building, I have to tell you, my husband was so sad because he just loves Washington, D.C., as do the rest of us. But he's just such a fan of, loves all the buildings and everything. And I'm sure that was the case for a lot of people. 
Um, when we when we get when we feel this urge and we get in touch with what's really there, you know, what's really sort of the source of it, that insecurity of the human experience, that's what we want to kind of we want to stop there and say, what's going on with me? What is going on with with me inside that, I, you know, kind of wrap around that brokenness, which we all have. Right. It's what makes us human. We wrap around that brokenness, hopefully. You know, while we're in that Shen while we're in that experience of wanting to react, but pausing and really feeling that yucky stickiness. She says, as long as we are habituated to needing something to hold on to, we will always feel this background rumble of slight unease or restlessness. We want some relief from the unease. So when Shen arises, we go on automatic pilot without a pause. We follow the urge and get swept away. And if that isn't what happened, the capital, obviously more complicated. We're not saying that, but it was definitely, it, you know, like any of these other big events that happen worldwide, um, they become, they take on a life of their own. So the word automatic is a good choice because it gets bigger than the one individual, or the two or the three or the thousand or the 2000. It takes on a life of its own. And we become on a Shenpa group automatic pilot without a pause, without the ability to pause anymore. And we follow the urge and get swept away. And I think we all know what the results of that are. And they're not pretty. You know, so I just think this is such a wonderful awareness for today. And to really see the tie in our own individual Shenpa, you know, to that of having, you know, two or three more people in a conversation or whatever. And when we, we react rather than respond. In general, in general, it doesn't go well. Maybe the one exception is reacting when, you know, a toddler's about to walk out in front of a car or something. Well, that's obviously has a good result. Um, the rest of the time, though, reacting generally results in someone getting hurt. And when lots of people react, lots of people get hurt. You know, it's kind of a no-brainer. And I, I just think... Um, the Shenpa awareness is something that, you know, certainly we all can really use right now. So, and so Pima says, mostly we don't catch, mostly we don't catch, catch Shenpa at an early stage. We don't catch the tightening until we've already indulged the urge to scratch or itch in some habitual way. In fact, unless we equate not acting out with friendliness toward ourselves, this refraining can feel like putting on a straitjacket and we struggle against it. And, and that brings on a whole nother level, right? We struggle against it because we know when Carl Jung, you know, is sort of famous for his phrase, that which we resist will persist, right? And the more energy we give to it, it just, it all snowballs and gets worse. We know that. And then she says, the best way to develop our ability to stay fully present with Shenpa and to equate that loving kindness is in meditation. This is where we can train in not getting swept away. Amen, Pima, go sister. I think this is well said. Because with, with mindfulness, of course, there are specific loving kindfulness meditations. Again, I'm a big fan of mindfulness because I can I take it with me. I mean, not in this lifetime am I going to, you know, sit in a cave eating yogurt, you know, crisscross applesauce, as my kids used to say. Plus, my left knee wouldn't like that anyway. But, you know, just, you know, being mindful with whatever I'm doing, 
um, skiing last week. Mindful, mindful, mindful. The beautiful snowy canopy effect um, out in the woods, walking the dog, gardening, washing the dishes, taking a shower, eating. It isn't about carving out time. It's about just being, being. It's about being. We can just stop right there, right? And again, with this particular topic, I really want to zoom in on the non-judgmental piece because this truthfully is where the healing happens, right? And when we heal that brokenness in ourselves, obviously think about that on a global level. I know it sounds very utopian. However, even just logically, it makes sense, right? One person becomes less judgmental than two, then three, then 10, then 20. And before long, think of, think of um, what that would do for the whole world. Um, and also the mindfulness thing related to this particular topic also increases our ability to um, not only to open our minds, but also to listen actively. So obviously, politically, with, with what's going on in the States, again, it's way more complicated. Or again, pick another country, pick another situation, pick another timeline even, right? Active listening just goes right out the window. Because everybody's all caught in the quicksand of Shenpa and people aren't listening to each other. So it's just it just picks up momentum and more momentum and doesn't go anywhere good. Okay, so the active listening thing. All right, so Pima says uh, meditation teaches us how to open and relax with whatever arises. Think about that because that's not easy to do. That sounds so smooth. That That is not easy to become open to whatever arises. Many people right now are not all that open, right? Without picking and choosing, it teaches us to experience the uneasiness and the urge fully and to interrupt the momentum that usually follows. Think about what a big statement that is. Think about, that sounds so smooth and easy, but to interrupt that snowball while it's traveling downhill so quickly, getting bigger with every time it rolls, awfully tough. And this is why it's so important to be aware of, of this snowball when it begins, when it just starts out as a little baby snowball so that we can, we can sort of interrupt that momentum. Pima says we do this by not following after the thoughts. It's just so important. We do this by not following after the thoughts and learning to return again and again to the present moment, to return to the present moment. We train in sitting still with the itch of Shenpa, and with our craving to scratch, we label our storylines thinking and let them dissolve. And we come back to right now, even when right now doesn't feel so great. Well said again, Pima. This is um, what I was saying earlier about becoming with the uncomfortable. We all have moments of that, right? Probably daily. Because we don't, people don't like to be uncomfortable, even at the dentist, never mind some big political issue. And to, you know, really sit with that and kind of get in touch with what, what's the itch about? What's the urge about? What's my own insecurity about? What is, what's broken in me that's having me wanting to just knee jerk here? And she says, when we learn to sit with that right now, it doesn't feel so great. This is how we learn patience. This is how we learn patience and how we learn to interrupt the chain reaction of habitual responses that otherwise will rule our lives. And so, Minecrafters, it seems like a wonderfully just like a natural wind up to our conversation. So my wish for all of you is to uh, develop Shenpa awareness 
Uh, I'm, I'm doing this myself, and I will, I'm admittedly a work in progress. Also, uh, remember that it's about progress and not perfection. We don't ever want to have the bar that high. We want the bar to be at do the best we can every day in every way, and that's it. And if you're a little bit more aware of your Shenpa today than, we're, than you were yesterday, consider yourself to be successful. Give yourself a pat on the back. If you should slide a little, you just reel yourself back in with loving kindness and start over. Um, even if it's in the same day, start it over at 1 o'clock, start it over at 12.15, start it over at 3, whatever, and just and just get back on the ship, okay? And that's it. I want to thank you all for listening in this wonderful country, this great country of America and great countries all over this wonderful world of ours. And that's it. Have a mindful and Shenpa aware day. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off for Northern Vermont. Mm-hmm.